Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. What's up, everybody? I want to say thank you for joining me today. I want to give a shout out to all the moms. Happy Mother's Day. Hopefully your day is amazing. Also want to give a big shout out to those that participated in the ARC initiative where we were able to collect care bags for women that are part of the ARC shelter or those that have moved on. And really during this season of dealing with the COVID-19 that their needs can be met because of you. And so I want to say thank you again for your generosity. We are going to continue our series today called Stronger, and uh, we'll be, be sharing out of Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. But before we do, I want to I bring us back and review just a moment on our definition of the word status quo. You know, the idea behind this series was that we would begin to live beyond it. And hopefully over these last few weeks, you've had an opportunity to really step beyond the line, really step beyond in your faith. And today I want to talk to you about a subject that I believe that makes everything work. You know, it's the, it should be the spirit of the church. Uh, you know, today's society has a view of Christianity. It has a view of the church. And I believe part of the reason is, is because the church has not walked in this characteristic that we find in Daniel chapter 6. I believe Daniel was a man that was distinguished above all because he learned and understood this characteristic that he must display in his life. And this characteristic is something that goes beyond everything. This is the number one thing that we must focus on in our lives if we are going to be effective in a culture that is filled with, with crime, that is filled with hate, that is filled with uh, um, um, uh, disease, that is filled with discord and strife, gossip, backbiting, all of those things that our culture is filled with, if we're going to be effective in it, there has to be a higher standard. And so today I want to talk to you about the priority of love. You know, love is a simple message, but it's easy to hear. It is also sometimes hard to do. Again, if we're going to live beyond status quo, which our theme for this was, uh, we, we said that it means to be unchanged. It means we, the phrase, it is what it is. If we're going to move out of it is what it is, we must learn to put the, the priority on Love. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 6 says this, The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. In other words, your faith is not just so you can get stuff. Your, your faith is not just so you can move mountains. No, he says your faith, if it's going to work properly, it must be expressed through this characteristic called love. Love is not just a characteristic. It is a spirit. It's kind of like the spirit of faith. You know, there's a different spirit in Caleb in, in the book of Joshua. And this, this love thing is a spirit of love. And so John 13 tells us this, this is Jesus talking. And he says this, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. Notice what he says, as I have loved you. Have you ever stepped back and thought to yourself how Christ has loved you? Have you ever stepped back and said to yourself, man, when I was at my lowest, Jesus loved me. When I was my meanest, Jesus loved me. When I was at my worst sin, Jesus loved me. And he says, when you can recount and remember how Jesus loved you, he says this, you must love one another the same way. And with that love of perseverance and that love of going the extra mile, he says this, all men will know that you belong to me. 
because you love one another. He didn't say because the miracles you do. He didn't say because the cool car you drive or the church you go to. He didn't say any of that. He said, if you love one another, men will be drawn to me because your love for one another. I believe the distinguishing factor of Christianity is this, love. When we learn how to walk in love, the Bible says this, that perfect love casts out Fear. We're living in a fear-driven culture. And yes, it's faith over fear, but listen, your faith over fear doesn't work without love. Perfect love casts out fear. What is perfect love? It's not found in a concept. It's not found in a theology. It's found in a person, and his name is Jesus. And so the distinguishing factor of Christianity is love. Let me read 1 Corinthians 14, verse number 1. And I believe this is the heartbeat behind Daniel chapter 6. He says this, Let love be your greatest aim. Or in other words, give love the permission to be your greatest aim. Everything we do in life should be aiming at this thing called love. Every action, every decision, everything we're doing in life, every, every post we want to put out there, every comment we want to make, everything we want to do in this life when it comes to loving our kids, to, to loving our spouse, to loving our community. He says, let love be your greatest aim. You know, we're going to read in 1 Corinthians 13 in just a moment. But I want you to see some things that 1 Corinthians 13 says that what happens when we don't walk in love? If we live our life without the distinguishing quality of Christianity, which is love, what happens? What happens to our witness? What happens to our voice? What happens to our lives? And listen to what he says. Without love, number one, all I say is ineffective. 1 Corinthians 13, 1, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am a, only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. It's ineffective. Listen, I believe we're living in a world that we want to see love become effective for people to come to know Jesus. He says this, all, he says, if I speak in the tongues, listen, doesn't matter how spiritual you are, if you're mean as a snake, nobody's going to listen to you. It doesn't matter how many times, how often you pray or how much of the Bible you read. Listen, it will be all be ineffective if it's not done with the aim of being loved. Number two is all I know is insignificant. Is insignificant. First Corinthians 13, 2 says this, if I have a gift of prophecy, if I'm spiritual, I have the gifts of the spirit and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. He said, I can have all knowledge. He says this, but without love, it is ineffective. It is insufficient. It doesn't matter how much you know if you don't walk in love. It doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. The Bible tells us that knowledge puffs up. In other words, it has a sense of pride with it. And you can use it with the wrong spirit. But God tells us this. He says, if you want to be effective and you want, to, and, and you want significance to happen in your life, it must be motivated by love. I love this quote. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. If you want to be effective, if you want to be significant in the earth and the planet that we're living in today, of the distinguishing quality of the church, it should be this thing called love. He says, reach out to somebody. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Number three is this. Without love, all I believe is insufficient. All I believe is insufficient. 1 Corinthians 13, 2 says, if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. So it doesn't matter how much faith you have if you don't have the love to match the faith. In other words, if you want to be sufficient in the earth, if you want to be used of God in the earth, listen, you must attach behavior to your belief system. In other words, you must learn to walk in love. He says, if you don't have love, you can have all the faith in the world to speak to mountains and watch them move. But he says, you're nothing if you don't have love. Number four is this, all I give is incomplete. 
1 Corinthians 13, 3 says, if I give all I possess to the poor, but do it without love, it's incomplete. So it's not just a handout. It's not just, a, it's not just filling up a care bag. It's not just giving money in an offering plate. Listen to me today. It becomes complete when you do it with love, when you understand that those things are going to help people. They're going to reach people. People that are far from God are going to come to know Him and become passionate, thriving followers of Jesus because of your generosity. The next one is this, all I accomplish is inadequate. 1 Corinthians 13, 3, if I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I have gained nothing. In other words, listen, your life on earth is going to count when you learn to get love activated in your life. The word inadequate means this, insufficient for a purpose. All I accomplish is insufficient for a purpose if I don't do it without love. You know, there's going to come a day where there's a heavenly audit that goes on. And it's called the, the, the judgment seat of Christ. It's not, a, it's not a heaven or hell issue, a saved or unsaved issue. It's a reward issue. And there's going to be an audit that goes on in heaven. My question to you today, what's that audit going to look like for you? It's, is, is God going to say, man, you are a man of faith. Oh, you are a man of faith. You, man, you prayed six hours a day. You read your Bible, man. You knew all the theology. You knew all the scriptures. Is that what God's going to say to you? That audit is not how this thing's supposed to go. The heavenly audit one day is you're going to be asked questions like this. How do we treat people? How did we treat people? Or how did we serve people? How did we love people in spite of their failure, in spite of their issues? See, that's what the audit's going to be. It's not going to be how spiritual you were. It's not going to be whether you read your Bible six days a week, seven days a week, and spent six hours in prayer, or how much knowledge you knew. No. The heavenly audit is going to be how do you love people? How did love get displayed through your life. You know, Jesus knew a lot when he was on the earth. He had a relationship with his heavenly father. But the way in the spirit by which Jesus operated was a spirit of love. Let me show you in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8, what that spirit looks like. Here it is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not envy. It is not boastful. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. So if we live in our society today like Daniel did in Babylon with a spirit of love, we'll be patient with people. Mm -hmm. We'll be kind with people. Mm -hmm. we, we won't envy people. We won't be boastful. We won't be proud. We won't dishonor others. We won't uh, have a self-seeking spirit. We won't be angry all the time. We won't keep record of others' wrongs. We won't delight in evil, but we'll rejoice in the truth. And we will protect. We will trust. We will hope. We will persevere. And at the end of the day, we will experience that thing called love that never fails. Our society needs love, true love of Jesus. And your life is meant to count. Your life is meant to display the distinguishing quality of Christianity being love. Life minus love equals nothing. Life minus love equals nothing. So how do we do this? How do we love well? I'm going to give you three things 
that I believe out of Daniel chapter 6 we can see. I'm going to read verse number 1 in Daniel chapter 6, and I'm going to give you three quick things on how to love well during this season. Verse number 1 says this in Daniel chapter 6, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel. Why? Why was Daniel? He, he distinguished himself among others. It says he had exceptional qualities among others. They could find no corruption in him. He was trustworthy and he, he was not negligent. How in the world did they find that in one man? It's because this man, Daniel, was motivated in everything he did by the priority of love. He loved everybody in Babylon. So how do we, in this Babylonian system and culture, Love others. Number one, serve them. Serve them. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 19 says this, Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, I make myself a servant to everyone to win as many as possible. You know, there's a great story in Luke 19 that Jesus was going to go to a man's house named Zacchaeus. And I think about Zacchaeus in, in Luke 19, it says this, that he was a tax collector and he was rich. And it says he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead, climbed up into a sycamore tree to him, uh, uh, to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Now, can you imagine this moment? A tax collector during those times were considered crooks and thieves. He was rich. He was about material things. And Jesus said, hey, I got to come to your house today. And you know, Zacchaeus made every effort to look to see what Jesus was like. And Jesus said this, so he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled, the religious group. He has gone into the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half that half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded any one of anything, I restore it fourfold. Now there's a conversation that happened at lunch with Jesus that revolutionized Zacchaeus' life. We don't know what that conversation was, but we do know that Jesus served him. He went to his house. He went to, his, to this place of a sinner. He didn't, he didn't distance himself from him. He wasn't too spiritual to have a meal with somebody that was lost. And so here he was. He, he, Jesus didn't think that the, the, the thievery and the spirit that was on Zacchaeus of Babylon would get off on him. No, he knew that greater is he that's in him than he that was in the world. He wasn't scared of Zacchaeus' sin. He wasn't scared of his mess-ups. He wasn't scared of his problem. No, Jesus came to serve him. Listen to what it says in verse number 9. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, 
In other words, look, whatever the conversation was, whatever the question was Jesus had for Zacchaeus, it was centered around his heart. Jesus came to have a meal with this man. He came to serve this man and really to show love to this man. Verse 10 says, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost, the religious group, the spiritual group, the First Corinthians 13 first half group, those that are spiritual, those that are, that are above everyone, those that are, that are trouncing with knowledge, and those that, are, that, that, that seem to be spiritual. Uh, Jesus said this, I came to seek and to save the lost, and the spiritual got upset about it. The religious got upset about it. But listen, Jesus connected before he corrected. In other words, Jesus connected with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus went out of his way to see who Jesus was. And Jesus said, you know what? I'm coming to your house. I want to connect with you. So he went and he connected with him. And salvation came to Zacchaeus' house. Not just to Zacchaeus, listen to me, but to his entire household. And I believe that as we serve people with the spirit of love and a priority of love, that it won't just be one. It will be whole households that will say yes to Jesus. Mark 10, 45 says... For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Serve them. Number two, set an example for them. When we walk in the priority of love, I believe this is what Daniel did. His distinguishing qualities was he served them, then he set an example for them. How do we do that? It really, when I say set an example, I'm talking about a standard. And again, I'm not talking about your Bible knowledge. I'm not talking about how much knowledge you have of the Bible. I'm talking about things like showing up to work on time. I'm talking about things like working harder than anyone else in the company. I'm talking about bringing ideas and solutions to the table other than just problems. I'm talking about not being a whiny baby. Mm, about your difficulty that you face. No, I'm talking about a standard, an example, a perseverance. I'm talking about not talking behind someone's back and gossiping. That's setting an example when everybody else is. I'm talking about treating people with respect and with honor. I'm talking about being a person who knows how to go the extra mile with people. I'm talking about things that will set the pace for your witness. I'm not talking about how much Bible knowledge you know. See, a lot of our Bible knowledge is voided out because we never have an opportunity to get to that place. Why? Because we don't show up on time. We don't work hard. We're lazy. We're constantly complaining. We're constantly gossiping. We're constantly giving our opinion. It kills our witness. No, our job is to set an example for others. Our job is this, is that if we're going to love others well, we must serve them and we must set an example for them. Listen. This is the distinguishing qualities Daniel displayed. He set a standard. He went above. Why? Because his priority was love. Why do we value people? No matter their status, no matter their sin, like he did with Zacchaeus. Why do we do that? Why do we say, man, God loves from the guttermost to the uttermost? Why do we say that? Why do we say God loves people right where they are? Because that's the priority of love. Set an example for them. Matthew chapter 5 tells us, and we've said this before, verse number 13, you are the salt of the earth. I don't know about you guys, but it says this, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? There's something about salt. It's not just perseverance. It's also taste. 
People are going to taste God through your saltiness. You know, something about McDonald's French fries. You know, I don't know who goes out there and says, I'd like McDonald's French fries without salt. No, I don't. I want McDonald's French fries with salt. Why? Because it brings out a different level of taste. And listen to me today. That's what God is wanting for the church. He's wanting us to be salty. He, he, and it says, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be salty again? It is no good for nothing other than to be trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father which is in heaven. We come to set an example in the middle of a self-serving society. See, setting an example is getting beyond ourselves. Setting an example is going over and above what it needs to be to reach those that are far from God. See, the greatest influence we can have on our world is how we live our lives. How we live our lives. Not what we say, not what we declare, but how we live our lives. The greatest influence is how we live our lives. And number three is this today. Share Christ with them. I believe if you serve them, if you set an example for them, you will have an opportunity to share Christ with them. That's the ultimate goal. It's not just to be an example. It's not just to show certain characteristics. No, the priority of love is that you would have an opportunity to share Christ with them. Daniel's lifestyle speak to ev- spoke to everybody around him. It caused the king to acknowledge God. It caused the king to, to worship God. Listen to me today. Share Christ with them. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16 says this, But in your hearts, rever Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Listen, the reason for the hope that you have. Give an answer to everyone who asks you, but do this with gentleness and respect. He gives you the spirit, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. In other words, he says this, share Christ with them with a spirit of gentleness and respect. Be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. And I heard a story this week, and I just want to share a portion of it, of one of our church members right here at Real Life Church that eight weeks ago decided to invite one of their friends to watch our live stream. And this is what, how the story goes, just a portion of it. So this, for 20 years, and this is the lady that decided to watch our live stream uh, uh, eight weeks ago. One of our church members said, hey, you should probably watch. Now listen to what she says. For 20 years, I've struggled with abusive relationships, drug abuse, drinking, and many, many bad choices and terrible decisions. I've been praying and finding my way back to the Lord, but I always fell short. God has blessed me with two amazing children, now 21 and 12. But weeks ago, a dear friend, Emily, invited me to join her. On Sunday online. And I have. I have been praying for God to heal my heart, my soul, and my spirit. And this past Friday, those prayers 
were answered. I talked to this woman and here's what she said. She said, I felt like I have been born again and not just born again. She said this, I'm ready to be water baptized. Listen to me, church. When we, when we serve people, when we love people, when we set an example for people, we will have an opportunity to share Christ with people and we will have more people online. Listen, during this season, you're like, man, we're not in a building right now. We're not gathering right now. Can I tell you that, that people are giving their hearts to Christ. This is just one story of a young lady that was addicted and broken and somebody said, watch the live stream and all of a sudden God intervened and set this woman and her household free. Come on somebody, man. Put hearts up. Come on, man. Clap your hands there right where you are. Listen, the gospel equals good news. Listen, I love what St. Francis of Assisi says this. Preach the gospel. If necessary, use words. Come on, man. In other words, preach with your lifestyle. Preach with, with an invitation to a service on, online. Preach with, with how you live and the standard that you set. Not above others. We're, we're serving others while living with this certain standard in our life. Here's the bottom line this morning. How I act is more important than what I say. I believe that this friend of Emily's could see something different in Emily. I believe that Emily has had such a transformation in her own life that this friend of Emily could probably see something different. And Emily had enough guts to invite to the live stream. And this woman has been a part of our live stream ever since. And this past Friday, she said yes to Jesus and Jesus set her free. How I act is more important than what I say. Listen, we have, we have to let God's work happen in our life. You know, you hear that statement, how I act is more important than what I say. The question then becomes, how do I change how I act? If I'm going to be an example, if I'm going to serve others, I'm going to share Christ with others. How do I change the way I act? Listen, trying hard to act better will not help you act better. We've all done it. We've all tried it. We've all tried to act better, but it doesn't help you act better. Listen to me. It's when you grab a hold of the love of God and realize it for yourself, then the capacity to love others happens. We started this message with, as I have loved you, so love one another. The Bible tells us that when we grab a hold of God's capacity and love for ourselves, that that capacity grows out of a heart for others. And when we start to realize how much God loves us, we no longer fear men. We no longer fear opinion. We no longer wonder if they'll like us. All of a sudden, it's like an overflowing love that just burst out of our hearts. We want, we want to see others come to know him. Listen to 1 Corinthians, or excuse me, 1 John 4, 19. It says this, we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. You can't do anything effectively without first things first understanding his love for you. In other words, you need Jesus to change your life. If you're going to, if you're going to be effective in Babylon and you're going to walk around with the priority of love and the spirit of love on your life, 
You have to experience and grab a hold of the love of God for yourself. He says this, we love because he first loved us. We love because we've experienced it first. Now we have the ability and capacity to love others. Romans 5, 8, and I'll close with this. But God shows or demonstrates, not just tells us he loves us, not just uh, says a word to us, but God shows or demonstrates his love towards us and for us in that while we were still sinners, Zacchaeus, he was a sinner. And while he still was in his sin, Jesus went to his house and changed him. While this lady named Tara was still in her sin, Jesus came to her house and set her free last Friday. Listen to me today. God demonstrates his love. He doesn't just tell you, but in the middle of your sin, in the middle of your mess, Christ died for us. And when we grab a hold of that truth, Today, folks, it gives us the capacity to love others. So my question for you today is where are you in your walk with God? Where are you in this moment of grabbing a hold of God's love for your life? You've been struggling to love others. Listen, if you want to love others and you want to see God do great things in your life in a system that's unlovely, you must walk in the priority and make it a priority and make it your aim that you walk in love. Story after story of God's hand moving and touching people's lives during this season. Can I tell you today, maybe you're watching. You say, Jason, I can't change on my own. I would agree with you. I can't change on my own. I can't do this thing on my own. I need a savior to come and rescue me. And he first loved us so we could love others. And so today, if you're out there and you've never experienced the love of God, if you've never allowed the love of God to come into your heart, let me encourage you today. Today is your day. Jesus will come into your heart and he will set you free. So if you're there watching, I just want you to know, here's what you have to do. Just believe he died on the cross for you. Believe he was put into a tomb and he, tomb and he rose from the dead and that he sits at the right hand of the father and that he loves you and he will receive you right where you are. Listen, some of you have run into church folks that are mean as snakes and it's twisted your view on God. Can I tell you, set those things aside. Maybe you're watching and you've been through church hurt and churches have hurt you. Listen to me today. Nobody's perfect, but I will tell you this. It can't be an excuse for you loving others. You must set those things aside today and say, I want to receive and grab a hold of God's love for me. Maybe you're out there today and you've experienced a painful childhood Maybe you've been, uh, you know, experiencing uh, pain in the recent days. I just want to encourage you today that when you say yes to Christ, he then becomes, as you experience his love, he gives you the capacity to love others. So he's going to set you free just like he did this woman this past Friday. He's going to set you free today. So if you're out there and you say, pastor, that's me. I want you to pray for me. Listen to me. We're going to pray together right now, wherever you are, we're going to pray together. And I believe Jesus will set you free. So let's pray together. And if you would just repeat after me today, say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to demonstrate his love for us by dying on the cross for my sin. Today, I believe that he rose from the dead. I believe he is the son of God. And I believe today he wants to change my life. And so I invite him into my heart to make me a new creature. Old things pass away. 
all things become new. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. And today I surrender everything. I want to experience your love. I want to experience your forgiveness. I want to experience your freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God, everybody. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand clap. Give him a heart. Raise a hand. Whatever you got to do. But I'm sure somebody is going to say yes to Christ today. Somebody has said yes to Christ. And listen to me, church. This, This message was for you that we step up our game when it comes to loving others, that we put love as a priority. So I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you serve the lost. I'm praying you serve your neighbors. I'm praying you set an example of how to live for God. And ultimately that will result in you being able to to share Christ with them. Hey, listen, I love you. And if you said yes to Jesus today, at the very bottom of your screen right now, there's a number. And I want you to text the word hope to that number. And we want to just send you a couple resources to help you in your next steps in your relationship with God. Again, congratulations, RLC. I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God uh, continues to pour out his blessing upon you. We love you. Thank you again for joining me this week. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.